Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. I cannot believe we are in 2023. I'm so happy to start my day with you. And I just find it fascinating how fast time goes by. My grandmother used to always say that as you get older, time passes more quickly. And she is so, so right. Here we are um, a couple of years already into the 2020s, which is unbelievable. Um, I hope you all had a wonderful holiday season. Whatever you celebrate or whatever you do, I hope it was fun. And I'm happy to have you with us today. So I thought it would be fun for us to talk about a couple of trends that we're seeing for 2023. And I gotta be honest, these are not unique ideas. Pretty much if you listen to any podcast or read any blog post in employment law, you're gonna see these kinds of issues being raised. I think we may have a sort of an interesting spin on some of them just because of what we do. As you all know, we do a ton of advice and counsel for clients, so help them stay out of trouble when it comes to employment law issues. So when we look at trends, we're always thinking about compliance trends, right? What can we do to um, try to keep employers out of trouble? So there are four main trends that we're seeing that we wanna talk about. One is, of course, increased remote and hybrid working. Also flexible or alternative work schedules, workplace surveillance, which is kind of an interesting, sexy topic, which we'll look at, and then also employee retention. We're going to hit employee retention lightly today because our next podcast next week, I'm going to talk to you about why I think retention is really where a lot of your energies need to go for 2023. So we're going to dedicate some additional time to retention strategies um, in next week's podcast. But for today, I want to start by talking about this remote and hybrid uh, workforce, really transformation that we're seeing. Obviously, for many organizations, this whole focus on hybrid and remote work started with the pandemic. So March of 2020, businesses start closing. We start thinking about how are we still going to do our business? How are we going to get our work done? How are we going to serve our clients when they are needing our services, but our employees need to be home, right? Maybe maybe we couldn't have anyone at work because of the executive orders that were issued here by the governor. We we weren't in an industry that was considered essential, but we still had work that we wanted to be doing. And of course, we wanted to keep our employees paid, right? So remote and hybrid arrangements really came into play at that point. And I think what is so interesting about them is for many of us, we had, or we may still have, preconceived ideas about whether a hybrid or remote workforce is effective, is it efficient, are people productive? And in fact, it's been interesting to watch since March of 2020, the studies that have come down that have shown that on the whole, for the most part, people are pretty productive at home. Um, I'm sitting in my office right now recording this podcast, and I'm the only attorney in the office. Everybody's working at home. I actually am not a very good remote worker. I like being in the office. I like 
seeing everybody. I like having access to all of my files and all of my information. And I like having a little bit of space between what I do at home and what I do at the office. But for many people, it's it's a really helpful thing for them to be able to work remotely or at least have a hybrid schedule where they are working, um, let's say two days in the office, three days uh, remotely. Now, the studies that we're seeing are showing that the remote work does make people happier. They're not having to get up as early. They're oftentimes, um, if they weren't working remotely, they would have a long commute or at least a stressful commute with uh, either public transportation or a lot of cars on the road. And so there are a lot of benefits to remote work. Now, we've talked to you through the years, whether it's on the podcast or in our blog posts or in our training sessions that we offer about the legal issues that come up with remote and hybrid arrangements, right? So, you know, for non-exempt employees, for example, how do you make sure they're getting paid correctly? How do you make sure they're recording all their work hours? How do you make sure they're taking their rest breaks and meal periods? How do you evaluate productivity? And one of the biggest issues that I think most organizations are gonna to need to focus on for 2023 is now that we're pretty committed, many of us, to having at least a hybrid um, work schedule or work arrangement where folks can work at home and uh, work in the office, how do we keep everyone together? How do we encourage the collaboration? How do we make sure that our teams are actually in connection? And it's funny, we have Zoom, we have Teams, we can do conference calls, all, all of that is fine. But from my perspective, it's hard to replicate the connection you get when you're standing in somebody's doorway in their office or you're sitting at their desk and you can actually have a conversation. Now, this is a perception issue, right? I'm older. I've been in the workforce for 30 plus years. So I like the idea of seeing people and being with people and having that personal connection. I think younger generations, some of them, are more used to hybrid, more used to, for example, playing games with their friends on computers, right? Rather than meeting them in person to go do something. So some of this is perception. And, and I think what we need to look at from an organizational perspective is how do we create that connection? And it's gonna depend on who your employees are, what they're doing, where they are, and what you're looking for. But it's, it's really gonna be an important thing for us to discuss and take some practical steps to really encourage that collaboration going forward. Because ultimately, the longer everybody's apart, I realize that absence is supposed to make the heart grow fonder. But the truth is, I think there's also a little bit of out of sight of and out of mind. So it's important to do what you can in the organization to keep everyone going. The second trend that I want to talk about briefly are these flexible or alternative schedules. Remember that in California, for non-exempt employees, we pay daily overtime. So if you work more than eight hours in a day, generally under most of our wage orders, you're going to get time and a half. Um, more than 12 hours, you're going to get double time. One of the things that we're seeing a lot of folks wanting to do is have more flexible schedules. You can start anytime between 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. You can end anytime between 5 a.m. and 9 p.m. or 5 p.m. and 9 p.m. Just be sure that if you've got non-exempt employees, that they are taking those rest and meal periods at the right time. And also remember that in California, 
You cannot have an alternative work schedule that is more than eight hours a day, for example, a 410, without having an actual election. And a law is called an alternative work week schedule election, an AWS election. Without that election, your schedule will be invalid and you will owe back overtime. So a lot of folks have called us recently about, oh, we just want to have a 410. We've been following what's going on in the UK, for example. There's a big experiment they're doing on a four-day work week. It's working pretty well. And so we want to do that. Well, it, that's great. You can do that, but your employees have to vote for it. Because remember what they're giving up. You're doing a 410. You don't want to pay the overtime between the 8th and the 10th hour um, every day on those schedules, right? The reason you want to have the election is because you want to avoid paying the overtime. You want to be able to pay them for the 410s. They haven't gone over the 40 hour a week requirement for overtime, and you don't want to have to pay them more than eight hours in a day overtime rule. Okay, so th there is a reason to want to adopt an actual AWS, but you have to do it in a very formal way. There's another trend that's related, which is workplace surveillance. And we're seeing this come up a lot in terms of folks who are working remotely and the employers wanting to know what are they working on? What are they doing? What projects are they handling? What work product are they uh, pushing through? There have been a ton of new companies that have sprouted up that have tracking software for uh, it's literally keystrokes. What websites are they visiting? What emails are they sending? Um, we even have some employers who have said, look, you have to designate a place in your house where you're going to be working and that's going to be considered your work area. So it's not your personal area. And we're going to have you on camera all day. You're, you're going to be working on camera. And in California, you can do that as long as you give employees notice so that you have diminished their reasonable expectation of privacy. But it's a really interesting issue. So it's something that if you're looking at wanting to surveil your employees, again, whether it's because of the remote workplace or maybe you want to know where your delivery drivers are going, so you want to put a GPS tracking on their vans, there are lots of requirements that you need to follow because California has this reasonable expectation of privacy. And the, the one thing you can do in California is give folks notice, look, this is what we're going to do, and then they have a choice about whether or not they want to participate, right? So if they don't want to drive a delivery truck that has a GPS tracker, then they won't come to work with you. But you've got to let them know that that's an option. And actually not just an option, but something that you intend to be doing. So lots to look at there. The last trend I want to look at is retention. I mean, we're obviously still in the middle of uh, the great resignation. Um, lots of folks are looking for jobs. They're leaving jobs. I just read an article the other day that there are now almost four jobs available for every person who's looking for one. It was three a couple months ago. So the bottom line is you need to keep your good employees. You need to keep the ones who do a good job. And I think sometimes retention is an afterthought. We work so hard to hire folks to get the right people in the door. And then we, we aren't always as focused as we should be on how do we keep the ones we have. And this is a fine line, right? Because a lot of times I talk to clients about this issue and there's this line between, well, how do I hold people accountable? How do I make sure they're doing what they should be doing and that they're 
getting their work done and they're delivering their work product and they're meeting my expectations. But I also create an environment and a culture for them where they can succeed, where they want to be. Now, listen, where they want to be if they don't win the Powerball, right? Like nobody's saying that you're going to be able to create an environment where if somebody has the opportunity to retire young with a nice nest egg, that they're not going to do that. Okay. But if people have to work, we want to make it as nice as we can. And it takes a little less effort, I think, than some people might imagine. It's just not a lot of energy that you have to spend to say please and thank you, to order a cake when it's somebody's birthday, to ask how their weekend was, right? To ask in a review, what opportunities do you want for the new year? What, what are you looking for in terms of growth? Where, where do you want to be down the road? So these are all very important and I think um, critical ideas for how you keep those good people working. Because as we know, it is very hard to bring them in the door. And once you get them, you, you want to do everything you can to keep them. So these trends we're seeing, you know, the remote hybrid working, um, the flexible alternative schedules, the workplace surveillance and retention, these are all important things that you should be thinking about regardless of your industry, regardless of the size of your workforce. Obviously, many of you have looked at these issues in the past. These are not brand new by any stretch. But we do think that because of what's going on with COVID and just how the world is changing and how employee expectations are changing, we do need to think ahead and be proactive as employers and really try to identify those trends that that are out there and likely going to affect your operations this year. So thanks for joining us, everyone. Keep up the good work and we will see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.